Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 553, recording today, Wednesday, the 10th of October, 2018. Indeed, it is. Uh, we're just back from Synthfest, where we uh, went up with Gaz and Andy and uh, got totally synthed out. There's still a lot more videos to come up, but we've got a big pile of them up. <laughs> Uh, that's because this podcast is to do with music technology, synthesizers, software, all that kind of stuff. Everything surrounding the making, recording and performing of music, whether it be electronic or otherwise. So uh, that pretty much sums up the thing. We also want to say uh, thank you to Isotope, who will be providing an excellent prize. You could win RX7, which is the, their new suite of audio restoration and fixing uh, tools, which pretty much every audio, audio professional I know has uh, some in some form because it really just fixes astonishing things and it's like it's magic it's the word it's the, it, it's like wizardry i tell you anyway uh more uh, on that later you'll be able to win um we've got to say hello to a few guests because we've got uh basically we've got two that we haven't seen for ages so i'll start off with uh mr jamie liddell who is there um hello. not in not in his massive <laughs> massive nashville library i don't know where he is but he's uh he's busy because he's got a whiteboard behind him uh, so he's probably planning even more excellent musical uh, stuff and vocals and the things that he does so well. How are you, Jamie? I'm fine. First of all, record pan flute. Second of all, put into the RX, transform into an unknown sound. Okay, <laughs> off you go, class. That sounds <laughs> yeah, like a great exercise. L.A., L.A. for a little stint. You know what? I'm interviewing Spike Stent today for the podcast. Are um, you? Say hi. I used to work with him. Did you really? Yeah, so that's I did. exactly the kind of thing I needed for this. I'm a little bit sort of nervous to. I don't quite know where to start. The legacy uh, is hmm. so long. Skill well, sets. I, when I say I used to work with him, I worked uh, on the uh, what? Well, I think it was Black Cherry that he worked on. I forget which Golf Rap album. And so he came down and did a load of pre-production. And then and I was there at Metropolis, uh, not Metropolis, wherever it was that he used to be. Uh, and we, uh, him and Lee Groves. And I, I, Lee was off for a couple of days and I ended up doing being his programmer just because I was the golf rap programmer. So, you know, we ended up in the studio for He's a nice chap and very good at what he does. That'll be a yeah. good one. And that's on your, uh, would you like to plug it fully? <laughs> the podcast? Um, certainly. Uh, that's Hanging Out With Audio Files. That's right. Multiple streaming platforms. Apple, Spotify. Here we go. And yes. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. go. That's my last episode with the Chromio boys. Came through Nashville. We had a hang. Nice. I I got Pete. I hooked him up with the DX1. I found a DX1 on Craigslist. And thought there's no way he's going to spend nine grand on a DX1, but I think he did. I think he wow. got it for eight. Could have got that, a Moog one. But he he could have got DX1. But DX1. I mean, is a far. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, although not so yeah. knob encrusted as a centerpiece, it is one of the most impressive in looking instruments. It's I would so say. Cool. I just walked in. <laughs> he had it on a proper A-frame with its own variac, and it was just you know, it's, wow. it's, it's, it's yeah, it's extraordinarily inviting. So yeah, he was he was chuffed. I was chuffed to even see one. I think the I think maybe Epworth has one. Paul Epworth, but he has There's, everything. There's one that's floating around. I think the guys at Ploytech who make those tiny little MIDI-powered synths that are in boxes like this use a DX1 oh, yeah. as a master keyboard with banks of those to sort of demonstrate the it's the it's the contrast. Oh, you know, yeah. the juxtaposition yeah, is right. the uh, powerful <laughs> thing. It's great though. Anyway, well, lovely to have you, Jamie. Um, I will also uh, uh, say uh, hello to Mr. Robbie Bronneman, Mr. Robbie Bronneman, who we haven't seen for ages. How are you, Robbie? Yeah, no, good. Thanks. I've just got back from LA, so. I had a fun day in the studio with with Junkie XL. I saw. So was, you were, you, oh, which was, was like a f full orchestral yeah. uh, scoring session, right? Yeah, yeah. Through a series of, for a series of people, including Gaz, I I, I he, he, he I contacted him. He contacted me. He invited me down to um, watch one of the days of scoring for the new James Cameron Alita movie. So um, it was a lot of fun. I'll yeah. bet. Yeah. So, but yeah, I've just come back from there. And I'm just working on Howard's new album now. So, we're kind of working on that right through to Christmas. So, that's Howard Jones, of synth, course. I'm in synth synth, synth mode, mode. Again, full on synth mode. And are yeah. you soft or hard, as it were? If that's not too personal a question. Who <laughs> uh, 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 You know, so a, a bit of both. A bit of both, but never, but never flaccid. <laughs> Hold on, I'm just going to write that down. 
that's that's quite a contender for a uh, a show title there. Never flaccid. Yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah. I don't know whether it's yeah. uh, going to encourage the uh, um, women to join the podcast that I'm desperately he, trying he, to get on, on, but we'll see. But on leaving, <laughs> just as I'm saying, on leaving my place yesterday afternoon, I said to him, "Oh, do you see the new mo- the new Moog?" Um, and he went, "No, I haven't seen it." And he and he rang me up to say, "Right, I'm putting an order in." So. Wow. He was he was sufficiently excited by it. If anybody should have like the world's greatest available polysynths, it feels like it should be Howard Jones. You know, there is definitely, you know, you you would sort of expect that at a, at a minimum, right? He does love his polysynths, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Good. I think it's um, it's going to be a nice a nice centerpiece. He likes to buy one really decent thing a year, so I think that'll be his thing for the next few months. Yeah, just before the end of April. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, right, uh, and we also have Mr. Gaz Williams, uh, who is there in Bristol. I think he is, or he seems to have frozen, so I don't know if he's still there. Oh, uh, no. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but you've got a kind of slightly startled oh, no. poster frame. I don't know what's oh, going on there. But... What's going on? Oh, what's going on? Stuff. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, I've got a really fast connection. So, well, yeah, I think that's what they all say. It's it's probably your browser, if it's anything. But anyway, how are you, Gaz? We we had a great okay. time in Synthfest. Oh. Maybe maybe what we can do is do your introduction, and then you can like rejoin. Can just come back in and see yeah. if it, it comes up. So okay, uh, maybe yeah. if we do this and um, provide more visual entertainment for uh, for those hmm. people who are watching of our video rather than listening. Okay, <laughs> yeah, Synthfest was great fun. Um, but I wanted to say a little thing about um, RX just because, uh, so yesterday I was going through some recordings. Um, so we had a jam session with Robbie uh, and also with um, and with a bunch of other musicians in Bristol, but also with um, Jörg Schaff from Radical uh, Technologies, Technologies, which, right. uh, yeah, which he'd come, he'd, he'd come down, well, he'd, he was over for Synthfest and also doing something at Sonic. So, um, so we grabbed him, took him to our rehearsal room and had a, had a really good jam and it was really good fun. Um, and he brought a, he brought a bunch of his old, um, you know, things like the, well, actually Robbie, you got to play the, 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 um, the accelerator keyboard, didn't you? The, uh, yeah, the, radical, you know? and, um, Jörg also had his, um, his new Delta Sep A, uh, amongst, uh, sounds good. That doesn't it? And, uh, Spectralist too. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah, but during the jam, sadly, uh, the guitar, the XLR microphone cable died during, for some reason, during the jam session, and we noticed. Um, and uh, there was a couple of tracks, that, uh, a couple of jams that we'd had uh, where we didn't have any guitar. So I brought the guitar. I, I, w- I was looking at the tracks yesterday, and um, I was like, "Oh, it's gutted because he was playing some really nice stuff." Um, and I didn't have the guitar tracks on, you know, so I had a multi-track of all of the, all of the people who were in the jam. And um, I looked at the guitar track, and it was completely, you know, it was totally silent. But I thought, I wondered if it was silent, so I, I normalised the silence. And sure enough, amongst all the noise, I mean, I was very careful with the level there, but amongst all the noise. I could just hear the guitar, sort of just sort of like you know, some tiny little bit of the guitar was there after normal, you know, what was a silent file. So then I just did multiple phase. I did noise reduction, noise. I, I, I would do a noise reduction sweep with RX using a spectral noise uh, remover, um, uh, and then normalize it. Then there was still loads of noise and I kept doing it. I did five noise reduction sweeps with normalize, uh, uh, five noise reduction and then normalizing. And I got it back. Wow. I got the guitar back out of nothing, out of like an empty file. Oh, you know, <laughs> out of, you know, like a blank. <laughs> I mean, it sounds a really odd, but, but it's there. Fourth a bit. Back, but it's there. And when you put it back in the Is mix, the, um, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, it has got a synthy sort of sound to it, but with this um, because of the, uh, the, the the weird nature of all the processing had gone on. Um, but it was really smooth, kind of quite smooth sounding uh, when it came out, considering all the noise that was there. Wow. Um, but I think what happened because also there was a bit of bleed of the guitar on uh, other um, on other mics. Somehow, when you put it back in, it sort of it came back together. Kind of. <laughs> Wow, yeah, really strange, but yeah, but 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 testament to the software, you know, performing like I mean, I yeah, yeah, like yeah. a bit of a miracle. 
I felt like some sort of uber kind of forensic scientist. I felt, you know, <laughs> doing that. <laughs> cool. oh, very well, okay. too. I, well, lovely yeah. to have you. I'll, I'll, um, if you. If you pack up, I must say, Gaz's sound, mic sounds really good today. I don't know what's going on there, but it sounds much better than uh, usual. Yeah. Uh, that's that's yeah. a very strange. So maybe all the audio, yeah. all the CPU is being used up on your all mic. CPU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all you got left. All right, we'll see you in a bit. Uh, probably, yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah, okay. I'll so, um, yeah. over style. Content over style. Well, we'll keep that going up there just so that we can see when he comes back. So uh, there's a couple of things going on. Um, well, one of the things, we were up at, uh, as I say, up at Synthfest, and one of the things I found, uh, I spoke to a guy called Ollie Larkin. Uh, I think I've got a little bit of video of that. Let's have a look. Hello, yeah. Ollie Larkin here. Uh, web audio modules. This caught my eye because I've not heard, I've heard about web MIDI, but yep. I've not heard about web audio. So tell us, what is it? Okay, so web audio is... Uh, a way of doing uh, interesting audio stuff on a web page and it's been around a few years and it's replacing flash for doing fancy fancy audio stuff on web pages it goes with web midi and uh, you can use them both to make synthesizers that work as web pages which is what we're doing here right so i notice here you've got a uh, virtual cz and this is running in the browser this is chrome right presumably that's right um yeah so this is a web-based version of a desktop plugin. Uh, I developed this plugin and released it in 2014 with Plugin Boutique. Uh, this is so. Uh, as as I often say, I won't play it all because I actually have uh, one of these here. And this is this is bizarre because I'm sure I haven't heard of this before. Or if I have, I didn't realise what it was what it was doing. But I've got like a... so. This is a. This is an OB plugin, and th this is basically VST code, CS C++ code, running in WebAssembly language. So it's not, it's not the usual stuff that I've, I was expecting it to be, which is JavaScript and you know HTML5 and that kind of thing. It's actually native code, pretty much. And the latency, I mean, it's rubbish on this because I'm getting this through various video processing, but. But, you know, this is the OBXD, there are various other ones as well, I'll just stop that. And all I, I'm running that from the Arturo Keystep as a, on web MIDI, and then I can just select presets and whatnot. I just thought, gosh, that's really kind of blown my mind a little bit, because it's it, it's new. But, Jamie, you said you're aware of this already, so I'm, am I behind the curve? Did I say that? Oh, did I hear that? I thought you I, I thought you said, oh, yeah, I've, uh, uh, sorry, I must have misheard. Uh, what do you uh, think? No, it's, no, no, no. it's probably something else. Um, Novel. <laughs> uh, when I would use it, at, except for like that, and you wanted to remove the latency and have it in a more sort of functional state, maybe you could download it. Yeah, it I think just for sort of curiosity. Well, I think one yeah. thing that Ollie, one thing that Ollie said was it's great for say, for instance, you want to buy it but you'd like to try it first, then you can run it in the browser right. and see what it all works. Yeah, or if, that, if somebody releases a load of patches for, you know, said plugin, uh, or the plugin that you've already got, you can or you can just try all the patches out and go, okay, yeah, I'll buy that bank of patches because I can hear them all and play them all. And the other one was, uh, because it's in the web page, you know, there is perhaps possibilities to uh, create a sort of online manual for it. Much easier, you just click and it just throws something up and shows you what's going on. And it just sounds like it's quite an interesting concept there. Um, and it, apparently it runs at more or less the same kind of latency you get in the DAW as well. But uh, that's as much as I know at the moment. But uh, I, I know I've, it seemed to be causing a bit of a stir and kind of, you know, I can't believe that I hadn't really come across it before, even though I know it's been around for a bit. Have you you yeah. have you heard about it, Robbie? Well, no, no, but uh, the, 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 the Virgo in me and the obsessive person that I am, that I don't want my computer full of bits of crap that I don't use, I like the idea of being able to audition new plugins or whatever without having to download demos and then try and find the installers and all the files and chuck it all away afterwards um so that kind of appeals to me and like you said the auditioning of sounds and stuff again you never know do you if you want to buy a bank of something that you think might be useful for a project there's nothing worse than buying it and going oh that was like one thing in there that I was eventually yeah used. i wonder if it would so, result i wonder if it would result in less patch sales rather than more <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe it'll mean that people people will up their game with the patches themselves maybe so maybe so um, yeah, Gaz, I think we've got you back. Have we got? Oh, yeah, he's Excellent. back. Yes. Excellent. Hooray. Hooray. Sorry, sorry about that. No idea what's going on. Um, yeah, the, I mean, the, the thing about this is interesting to me is just imagining 
down the line that you just don't ever install anything. You know, that, that's what... Is it, aren't we yeah, getting course, to rent yeah. to rent to own? Aren't we oh, rent, buy to rent or whatever it is? It's getting very close to that, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, the whole idea of not even installing something is, a, you know, is is a next step yeah. on again, isn't it? So, I think it probably will go that way. I mean, whether we like it or not. I'm, oh I mean, no, please I no! I don't, I don't like. <laughs> yeah, because you've but, recovered uh, guitars from a cloud. You've got clouds on the mind. <laughs> no, I, everything's going to be. I think I, biggest, I, I think you're right, but yeah, no, I mean your biggest fear. I know, Robbie, you'd like to have it to have. Well, right? My biggest fear is my biggest fear is that from the last couple of years and recent dalliances with a few software subscription models that have kind of let me down on tour when I couldn't. I was in an arena yeah. and I didn't have any Wi-Fi, and it wanted some code Phone for like home. something. You know, it wanted a code for like a key, and I couldn't get it unless I went to like this some janitor's office and all this kind of business i think that it's terrifying <laughs> the idea of having everything just available like that because it's totally dependent on us all being totally connected all the time and we're not always totally connected so yeah maybe it's a model for the future when literally you can get the best internet absolutely anywhere you are well you- or the i mean the other the other thing i could just imagine is you know you have a two-tiered pricing so everybody gets this and if you need that which is always on and whether you're online or not then you pay a slightly different rate which in some ways yeah. would, wouldn't be unfair because it's more professional use i don't know i i know jamie yeah. you're you're getting much more into hardware anyway i mean i know you work in the box and you've got a history of of that but i mean does it would this be convenient for you no no okay. <laughs> i don't I, first of all i don't want more stuff ultimately i mean not to be weird but I don't really want more stuff. I'd rather record a pan flute under like a shovel, you know, over a house worth of snow, recover it with RX and then sort of whistle on it and see if I can make a sound that way. Right. Well, that's fair enough. I mean, you know. But you know what I mean? Have something that I feel I truly made. Mm. I mean, but that's just the state I'm in currently. It probably will change in about half an hour. Well, um, I guess the thing is it, it, it reinforces one's identity musically, doesn't it? I like yeah. I'm I'm increasingly just trying to find things that uh, really happened, and uh, yeah, I like the convenience. I I like the idea with software and, and mixing and so forth. I like the idea of sort of emulating the really fancy gear with plugins. You know, your hard your high end EQs and so forth, and then spending your money on the most lo-fi boxes with the most <laughs> artifacts and character, because no one's going to spend the money or time to emulate those cheapo boxes, but they have true, the most yeah. inherent character. Yeah. So, and if you layer them, multi-track them or get creative junkie Excel style, or any of those Hollywood guys know, or, and, and anyone who's into curio experiments. I'm, and so you've given me a good idea, guys, for my next nitty gritty. I'm going to record things deliberately so quietly mm. that they have massive artifacts and <laughs> yeah. so many, acting noises that when you recover them you might just yeah. have some weird cool you know that's an interesting ultimately idea. all those spectral mm. artifacts are kind of a sign of the times they're going to feel really dated really quickly because you know we've had more and more fft bands to the point where that shit used to be so hollow and watery like an old crappy mp3 and now it's a different quality of fft isn't it it's not quite mm. as ringing and they've managed to you know suppress some of those old school x-noise-esque artifacts you know soothe and whatnot they've kind of mastered a new level of fft so it's all it's all good stuff isn't it trying to find something new that's hard yeah Yeah. well that's an an interesting it is an interesting idea you know using like you're saying guys using the artifacts Mm. and i'm sure but i mean coming back (laughs) coming back to this i mean if you want to check out the stuff i mean this literally i loaded the browser only worked in chrome and there it was. It wasn't kind of like, oh, yeah, but you need to do this, and then you need to do that, and then you need to do this. It just is addressing, which in this case, the audio is coming via um, uh, network NDI video signal. So, you know, it, but it, there was no hassle. It's just taking the system audio output. I think they're going to get to the point where it might well address uh, multiple ins and outs of actual physical hardware. That's a, 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 on the roadmap, I believe. But uh, I think it's quite an interesting concept. They've also got, uh, what else have we got? We've got a DX7. I was playing a DX7 a little bit earlier. 
Let's see if that not works. Not a DX1, then. Sadly not. I mean, that's not a very <laughs> impressive de- looking... You know, that doesn't really... <laughs> Doesn't Roland Orzabel have a DX1? Probably. I'm sure I remember he had one. Yeah, well, you got to, really. I mean, that it's Just almost like a badge of honour, isn't it? I mean, I suspect that's what the Moog 1's going to become, really, isn't it? It's like a sort of, almost yeah. like a badge of, a badge of, not, of, it's like a status thing to a degree. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, as we know, we talked about it last week and it was all very much just pictures and whatnot. Whereas this week, it's all kind of, it's almost too much information. <laughs> yeah. And none of it yeah. seems to be quite exactly what you particular, you personally might want, you know, so it's one of those scenarios. But uh, just to recap, I mean, obviously, it's now a, a real thing. Uh, there it is in all its beauty. Uh, there was some great videos from Amos Gaines. Couple of, he spent like a couple of hours just going through, through all the features and showing what it could do. It does look like a delicious thing. Uh, they mm. released the meditation on sound video, which for me was a little bit obscure and a bit obtuse. But then if you... If, if you want more, there's a 47-track playlist yeah. of uh, Moog One sounds, which, again, you know, it's like, mm. is that... No, that That's what I was trying to show, 47-track playlist on Moog One sounds. I wonder if that's what, uh, you know, what everybody wants. But I, it's it's an interesting mm. thing, isn't it? Because now mm. there's this huge thing. Be they, it, I, I likened it earlier in the preamble show. It's kind of like the Moog One is this week's uh, part of Kim Kardashian's anatomy that broke the internet. You know, it's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> it's got that same. It's got that same amount of force oh, behind it, you it, know, to a degree. Yeah. I mean, obviously, a bit more niche, uh, I would say. But um, mm. it's interesting. Gaz, Gaz I and I, sorry, Gaz and I had a little discussion about it the other night because I was. We were talking about how many, in reality, they would probably sell of an instrument like this, and I said it's the sort of instrument that even people with modest incomes will probably kind of beg, borrow, and steal and hide from their wife that they bought mm. it, like like some sort of, you know, dirty secret because it's kind of such a desirable item. So I said I thought they'd probably sell probably about 5,000 units in its lifetime, which well, I don't know if that's that sounds realistic. Yeah, when that's that gas yeah, pointed out how much right, money that was. That sounds right. Yeah, mm, that sounds right. So it's interesting to think, you know. Well, I mean, yeah. commercially, it's going to do fine, isn't it? But it's interesting. I, yeah. I just want to, I think it's a, the, the problem, what I've been hearing, you know, and the, but I don't know whether this is just people kind of, like we discussed earlier, people saying, oh, yeah, it doesn't sound as good as it should for that sort of money. But in many ways, they, they've sort of created this really unreasonable expectation of just the sound of it because not everybody's going to get their hands on it. So it's almost like every patch you want to, you, you expect it to go, oh, my goodness, you know, that is so whatever, you know, whereas that's that's a really tough, uh, tough thing to live up to, I think. I don't, uh, uh, Jamie, has there been uh, much uh, much buzz about it in your world in uh, in in LA? Are, there, are people ringing you up and go, "Have you seen the Moog One?" That seems to be the question I'm getting. Most people go, <laughs> really? "What do you think about the Moog One?" Moog One. I've had a chat with him. Pronunciation. Saying, yeah, I know. That's the thing, isn't it? It's just, uh, you can never win. But um, yeah, I'm here staying with my friend Vicente, and he's got a great collection of gear. And you know, we had a natter and watched the bits. And uh, yeah, I mean. It's it's a wonderful achievement, and I think everyone you know who loves synths is like, come on, it's pretty incredible. But there's also some small part in me that is just. I mean, I remember Ty going on about how something like a chroma, if you plug a jack into its outputs, it's really underwhelming. I kind of fundamentally disagree with that. I think it's just everything has its own character. The chroma can do some really bizarre sounds. Some wouldn't find appealing. But they are sounds that the this synth can't make, and so can this synth really give us a tone we've never heard before? I mean, it all it kind of begs maybe a bigger question of how. I mean, have we hit the edge of subtractive synthesis or whatever? Do you know what I mean? Is is this yeah. sort of what do you? Yeah. Is this it's sort of almost like now what? I mean, in in a way, a great place to be. Because it's kind of like you could viably sell your Model D, your yeah, your Jupiters or what have you, and just get this guy and go. I've got a polysynth now that is about as good as it ever needs to be, and I think yeah. you could really reasonably say that. But I don't know. It just sort of begs a weirder question for me of like, what do we do now? You know. That's a, yeah. That that, that yeah. It, it feels like a, a a pinnacle or a point of punctuation. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean the yeah. fact that I mean you know as we said you know that Moog have recognised. See, I said it right there. You uh, grammar, uh, you pronunciation uh, 
um, nuts in, in the in the chat room are flacking me. Um, they've realised that there's no point in going down, so they may as well go all the way up. You know, I would say, and they've done that repeatedly. Yeah. And to be yeah. fair, you know, there are they make other synths that you can afford. I was interesting yeah. at Synthfest. Uh, yeah. The uh, grandmother was being. They were flogging those like nobody's business. You know, people were falling in love with them. And we saw, what, three or four people, Gaz, who were sort of what, yeah, yeah. stalking out with one under their arm? I know, and I was very nearly one of them. <laughs> yes, yeah. that thing has entered my gas, my gas, uh, my gas list now. Um, but you know, I, I don't want to go back over the, the pricing thing. I mean, initially, I was a bit grumpy about the price of it, primarily grumpy. to do with it being. Uh, I don't think. Do you can, what do you look like when you're grumpy, Gaz? I don't think <laughs> oh, I can't imagine. You don't want to that. see it. Smile. <laughs> Uh, it seems impossible somehow. That was large, largely to do with I was just I was thinking it was a shame that it was going to be you know such an expensive thing and it's like unlikely to be used that much in the live sphere unless it's you know a big touring band you know in uh, I, I I think it's probably going to be well it's probably really heavy actually do, do we know how heavy it is what the su- pounds for, yeah it's right. it's yeah. heavy. But how, how many Jupiter 8s did you see down the local dog and whistle in the 80s? Yeah, okay, it's a good point. It's a good point. I've, I've, but I, I mean, no, I mean, I, I'm now really kind of totally, I've made a complete sort of change With now an and, and think that it, that it probably is the sort of right price for it. Because, I mean, one of the things that people seem to overlook a little bit is it's almost like an analogue workstation in a way, not quite, but the fact that you've got, you can run three synths sort of simultaneously on it you can do yeah, all sorts of things quite having you know like a like and does a sequencer work can you can you do three se- three i think i think so uh, well uh, one yeah. thing that was interesting also it's got an mm. ethernet port so it's like an internet of things yeah. it's, it's, right. it's, it's 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 incredibly retro it's the pinnacle of of retro and mm, yeah. modern at the same time which is kind of an interesting yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean i was gonna say i think my my attitude to to, to equipment and I, it's quite like jamie's in a way is that over the years i've just had obscene amounts of instruments and the amount of instruments that have gone through my hands if it was on that life laundry program and they put it all in a middle <laughs> of a foot picture so i think it'd be it'd be horrendous to look at but um my kind of philosophy now is that i just want like one example one great example of of a number of mm. things that i need so like i've got one i've got a move voyager rat mount because i want one great mono synth I've got a Profit 6 desktop because I want one really good poly. And then I've got the Euro rack because I want a bit of kind of the sort of mad scientist stuff. And then I've got the the, the granular GR1, you know, sampler because I love all that stuff. And the OP1. So it's like I just want like a few things that I really just work with instead of just amassing multiples of the similar sort of thing. So, you know... Uh, I guess I guess what what Jamie's saying is right. You know, when you look at something like that instrument, it is like the pinnacle of of poly six development of, of, of sorry of poly synth development. And you know, you could look at it like I, if I spend eight thousand pounds on that or whatever it's going to be, that is basically all the poly synth I'll ever need, and it's going to last me a long time, and I can never run out of op- you know Options, uh, possibilities yeah. with yeah. it. And that's the kind of way I look at instruments now. If I ever think about I'm going to buy another instrument, I look at it, is it an instrument I really want to invest mm-hmm. for a long time, getting stuff out of it? Because I'm just not interested in just amassing loads of stuff that I dip into once in a while. So I think I, there's a lot of people who look at that instrument like that. I'm curious about the uh, about the GR1, actually. So you're using that in the wild, Robbie, are you? That's the granular yeah, synth yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I, I think it's a great unit, and because I've always loved granular synthesis, you know, from way back, you know, particularly with my fascination with producers like BT and all those kind of people who are using it in Keimer and all that. So, you know, I, I've been using it in every kind of iteration on iPads and all sorts of things. But it's great. Yeah, yeah, really, really pleased that I bought it. Excellent, uh, Gaz. I've but just I mean, realized. For me, see, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to say. So, so for me, if I was looking at buying a synth now. And I, I probably would think about possibly would probably buy something like that, the Quantum or something, because I just I'm interested in things that kind of aren't just a kind of consolidation of all the things we already know, but something that's a little bit more out there. And so, you know, that's the kind of things that excite me as opposed to instruments that are just premium regurgitation of something we've had before. Yeah. OK, I get it. Mm. Yeah. 
Uh, Gaz, I just realised why you sound so good. I've got this massive smiley cue across your your input. <laughs> but, but there you go. That's fine. That's okay. We'll keep it that yeah, way. Well, I was going to say, Nick, you know the uh, the, like, the promo video for the Mogwan, uh, you know, it sort of seems yeah. a bit pretentious and a bit weird. But have you seen that it's actually a, re- a recreation of the Polymoog uh, or Polymoog launch from 1976? Ah, well... And, ah. And then no, if you see the original really. video, that's, you know, you see those weird, like, kind of clowns kind of hold it. You know, it's all quite cringy to watch it now. If, if you don't understand the context of where it's come from, you might I think... Didn't, yeah, well, personally, right. I, it wasn't that that really... I, it was more the sort of concept of, if you buy this synth, you're going to get reach a state of higher musical consciousness. That, that, that was the thing that I found <laughs> a little bit, a little bit unpalatable. A bit like, but it is all a bit like that advert, uh, like the 76 Right, OK, though, fair I mean. enough. I, I get it that's a bit all, more now, perhaps. That is online and it is worth watching just yeah. from a uh, you know historical kind of giggle point of view. But um, yeah, so I just thought I'd better po- point that out. Well, anyway, let's uh, let's now just take a short break and where we can uh, uh, just have a quick look at uh, a word from our friends at Isotope who are, uh, well, I'll let them speak for it. RX continues to be the industry standard and leader in audio repair for music and post-production. And with RX-7, we've introduced groundbreaking new ways to quickly and easily fix and manipulate audio. Take the game-changing Repair Assistant, an intelligent helper that can detect noise, clipping, clicks, hum, and more. Also new in RX-7 is Music Rebalance, a powerful source separation tool. Drums too loud? Vocals not loud enough? Let's fix that. You can also create instrumental versions of songs by removing the vocal elements. You can now alter the pitch without affecting the timing of your audio, and conversely, alter the time without affecting the pitch with the new variable time and variable pitch modules. Using the new dialog contour, you can improve the performance of a line or even create a new performance by altering the pitch contour of the dialog, therefore adjusting the intonation of the speaker. And introducing Dialog Dereverb, a module powered by machine learning to reduce the presence of reverberations around dialogue. RX-7, a new frontier in audio repair. And you can download that uh, if you go to isotope.com forward slash RX-7. There are demos available and uh, well worth it if you haven't already discovered how great it is and probably worth upgrading too. I mean, I know we kind of tend to go on about it, but it is actually one of those products that you just go, wow, that's really useful. Um, uh, we'll also, like to point out, we've got a competition this week, competition uh, to win a copy of RX-7, uh, which we're looking for the hashtag Music Rebalance, which is one of the new features, and the hashtag RX-7 uh, to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's the hashtag Music Rebalance and the hashtag RX7 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And we have a winner from last week. Uh, step forward. Now I'm going to have... Why does everybody who wins got really unpronounceable hashtag handles? It's just... <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think maybe I need to tweak my own algorithm to, to figure out. Anyway, uh, right. Crepescarazas. <laughs> right, that is really... T- I'm going to have to... Uh, Scary crep- pancakes. C R E P E S C E R E Z A S. Step forward, please, <laughs> and because uh, you have won last week's uh, show, uh, and you will uh, you will get a copy of RX Seven. Anyway, I wanted to get that out of the way. That's really difficult to pronounce. I do apologise if it's uh, as your surname and I've murdered it, but uh, I, I couldn't really <laughs> help myself. It's very difficult to do. Uh, right. Well, there are a couple of things actually. Before perhaps we get on to other stuff, uh, this was the news. This has just dropped out. Uh, the mm. Novation 49 SL Mark III. Uh, this is a sort of new super controller from Novation. In fact, we've got a video mm. that came out uh, at exactly the same time. Gaz did it with uh, Chris Calcutt. It's a great video. You basically go through every single feature that there is. But as you can see, uh, this is a new... I, I know you probably haven't had time to prepare for any of this, but it's got uh, eight circuit-style sequence tracks, uh, faders, knobs, one, two, three, four, five little uh, OLED displays for programming. Uh, it's got splits and layers, and it's got the transport control. It's got the plug-in control. And that's just come out. I think that's going to be about 599 for the 49, 699 for the 61. Uh, but from what we see, you know, you can really just hook it up. It's got two MIDI outs. It's got two channels of MIDI CV, and it's also got USB MIDI. So you can throw, you know, a whole load of stuff at it. It sort of seems a shame in a way that it's not an 88. I imagine, Robbie, you probably uh, could do with an 88 one of those. That would would be perfect, right? I mean, I'm a massive fan. With my touring for literally the last, I don't know, ever since I came out, I think I've got about a dozen of the SL Mark IIs, you know, that I've been using them in all my rigs. 
two, two octaves, four octaves, five octaves for years, and I love them because of the they the only they were the only controller that had like really full MIDI implementation and all the other stuff. Um, so you could kind of get other gear hooked up to it. So I'm really interested to see if these might be a worthy replacement for that because they have been mm -hmm. starting to get a bit long in the tooth um, and starting to sort of get all knackered as well. So yeah, um, I've got the but I've got the I've got. I've got the 88 S88 here and one in LA, so the Novation one, uh, the Native Instruments the one. The Native Instruments one, yeah. Although I'm a little bit disappointed because I only very recently bought the second one and then they brought out the new one with all the new displays oh, on it. So. Isn't it always the way, oh. the way it goes? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I don't know, yeah. Jamie. Do you do you? I mean, you you travel, so presumably you probably don't lug around a 61 or or even a 49 key MIDI controller. Do you just grab whatever's available and that'll do, or do you need something very specific? No, I'm yeah, I'm I'm yeah. They would be good. I, I have had moments where I've been I use the chroma as my master keyboard in the studio, which is tragic because it's only got thirty two layers of velocity, um, which is quite bizarre. Uh, or increasingly I use the computer keyboard in Ableton. So I'm just a bit of a weirdo. And people were having a go at me because I did like a, a reverb dot com, you know, kind of I plugged all my synths in the studio in at the same time and played them from like one of those tiny Akai keyboards. <laughs> and everyone was like, look at all these synths and he's playing it with that piece of shit. And I was like, yeah. Whatever works. Yeah, I, I do that kind yeah. of stuff. I So yeah, I'm really not precious, but it would be, I do also, I've, I kind of have one of those artist mix things, the Avid thing. And I realized that I could run it in Ableton just to, as a sort of generic MIDI fader. And it's amazing. I just, I really love that because I like faders. So I realized I like faders. So anything that has those, I'm a fan. Right. And that, and the, the artist series stuff has got motorized faders, hasn't it? So that this hasn't, this hasn't got motorized yeah. faders. So. You can't yeah. use the motors as in generic mode, I don't think. Uh, maybe you can. Um, yeah. Maybe, okay. they, maybe they do update, actually. I don't know. I can't remember. Oh. But yeah. It, it, is, it looks good. It looks looks really good. And, you know, you just get this with the Moog 1 <laughs> and you control the Moog 1 with this. You could have, can, yeah. you, can you do? Can you send all the MIDI CC with the Moog 1? Is it, do, do they all send out MIDI and receive? I don't know. You'd, you'd assume mm. so, but I guess it's analog. It's hard to know that. Well, I guess if it's programmable, then it's bound to have some mm. sort of digital control. So it's, it might be NLPNs if it's not it, just straight CC. Yeah, I think it does. Novation going to cover this in wood. I'm not please sure. No, please, no, no, please, no. <laughs> no, perhaps not. No wood ever. But I can't, no med wood I ever. can't meditate unless unless it either has an ashtray built in. <laughs> uh, if Novation can release one with built-in ashtray, I don't smoke, but maybe for incense. And then, uh, you know, what I like is those Mellotrons with a bit of a table behind them. Yeah, yeah I, I know what you mean. I thought the would have had a table. If they've got those inserts <laughs> for effects pedals, they should have had a table. That's so not a bad your idea. Moga photos, so you can yeah, why not? Why not? I like tables. Thing, the only thing that's missing is a table. Other right. than that, it's good. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, you, you did this, didn't you, with Chris? And it was, you know, it yes. was impressive, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, God, I've had to. It's been really difficult buttoning my lip yeah. over, uh, waiting for the kind of embargo to lift on this thing, because it is quite exciting. I mean, I think the thing that really um, warrants you know, uh, a good look at this thing is the fact that they're trying to do this thing where they're moving it away from it being specifically a computer controller. In fact, it's kind of relegating the computer to just being, uh, I think Chris says in the feature, almost like just like a, a glorified sound module. And the, because uh, you can use this, without it being connected to a computer and it is like a, you know it's generating clock it's got the sequences built in uh you know you really don't need to have it anywhere cool. a computer anywhere near and there's like two two sets of cv gate and mod outs as well and uh and, and you can see that there's um well i mean they've definitely borrowed a lot of ideas from the native instruments line uh, including yeah. the leds above the keys um yeah. but that takes on an extra quality with oh. this because of the built-in sequencer um and they're all color coded so if you've got um you can create eight splits across the key the key bed so uh definitely think the 61 would be the one to go for personally on on this one because um you can then have uh the lights can then be lit up which uh uh are relative to each of the, to different, the zones yeah yeah the different zones and that's great that's great sequencer on each zone uh, uh 
there's a lot of stuff it go it, um and and the way that you can actually mix and match what the zones are doing so like one zone can be controlling a cv uh, uh cv and gate another zone can be doing some midi channels another zone could be doing something over usb to the computer yeah. so main stage or nice. whatever yeah nice. yeah nice. um nice. what i should mention uh the programmability for all of this though is really going to uh, if you want to get in and and customize it and uh, you're meant to use it with the Novation components. Um, uh, yeah, it's, like, it has to have a computer hooked up, doesn't it? That's the th- for the for the configuration. Yes. Yeah. So once, but I should all point out: once you've done that and you've stored those patches within the unit, you can recall them, which is something that's. Yeah, mm. I mean, various things have done Makes that, sense. but certain things don't. You know, I mean, like the the NI control doesn't do that. For instance, you know, you essentially in sort of just I'm a dumb MIDI controller without a computer mode. It's quite basic, even though yeah. when it's integrated, it's it's really powerful. But this mm. brings some of that power into standalone, or a lot, or all that power into standalone. Yeah, and and something it's else well is, power. yeah, it is. I mean, for it's it's got a very um, well. It's it's quite sumptuous in in uh, in terms of the amount of buttons. Like there's all, you know, you've got like a row of buttons above the the sliders there, which can sort of double up as uh, mute and solo buttons. Um, the pads, ah, oh, gosh, I mean, it's, I mean, you'll have to watch the feature really to uh, yeah, to definitely. see all the features. But what I would say though is it feels like uh, it really has got a very nice sort of premium feel about it as well. Um, the keyboard feels good. All the the, the, all the controls feel good. It feels like they've really, you know, they've really stepped up the the, the quality of it. So, so when you actually look at the kind of nice. price point, you know, if you're paying like six hundred quid for a forty nine key controller, now that seems quite expensive, but it, it it feels like a quality instrument. And of course, it's not just a controller, really. In in many ways, it's a it's a you could call it a studio hub almost. You know. Yeah, I would agree with that. It seems yeah. to be we seem to be in the season for MIDI controllers because we've got oh. the the Nectar, the new Nectars, which uh, we've got a feature coming up shortly. We've also got Is the it? Artoria uh, controller, which I forget what it's called now, but it's uh, that's uh, that's next in the list of things to be reviewed. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that that's actually uh, you know that they all seem to come out at this point. I suppose maybe there's a, you know, there's there's a, a mar- marketing works that way and like you bring them all out at the end of summer because everybody hunkers down and gets on with their work mm. <laughs> in the autumn. They yeah. stop going out yeah. to the park. Maybe that's what that's, it comes down to. I, I was just going to say, it's funny because I've, uh, for the last couple of years in the studio, all I've had in front of me is one of those, you know, three octave X key. Yeah. And I, could, and I just have that in front of me and the piano keyboard for when I actually have to play proper piano things and i've literally i literally did like the whole of simon collins like epic you know electronic prog extravaganza just on this little keyboard people (laughs) come in and they go what you can't surely done it all on that but i i I love them i put them in my suitcase take them around they're great so um yeah size matters yeah, 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 of course. It does because of the. I've I got mean, the three octave one. I've got the three octave one, Jamie. Just like to say, not the two octave. No, I wasn't <laughs> implying any 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 flaccidity there. I was just, <laughs> I was just sort of just uh, in my little Argosy kind of generic yeah. kind of like I've made it. I'm surrounded by gear desk. Um, there's actually no room for a synth, and so it's actually yeah. you know it's either beside me, and I'm not. You know, I, I really am old school. You know, we come, I came from that generation of you had the MIDI controller and your S3000 to your right, you know, to do your editing back in the day on the Akai. So you really needed to have the keyboard right there. So I don't know, whatever's in front of, of me, really. And I can't get yeah. much on that table. So it's a sort of more literally a space issue. And I hate yeah, having like, that clunky thing by my knees. And I just kind of can't yeah, do yeah. it. So I'm sort of yeah. a bit screwed, really. Either I get a new table. Or, well, there's a the thing. You know, a really thin <laughs> keyboard would be amazing. Actually, it gave well, me an idea. Has anyone ever made? Yeah, there you go. See, there's like I was thinking. Has anyone made a keyboard where you press a key and you can put it in a mode where it kind of the state the key stays down and sort of locks down. So Latching like, yeah. keys. Yeah, Isn't that so sustain that pedal? Sustain, pen- sustain, yeah, sustain pedal, pedal or a hold button. Yeah, I know, but the key <laughs> physically locks down. I, would, <laughs> I just kind of like that. It's like a player piano sort of goes. I suspect sort of you could do something with Velcro. I reckon you could do something with Velcro. 
that would that just a <laughs> strip like of Velcro that. underneath the keyboard and the hook, the either the hooks or the or the the, the other stuff depending yeah, on which way. So when you put them down, it just it just latches. Then, but when you pull it up, the force required, you might end up breaking keys off and things. So I don't know. Because back in the day, when you you all the stoners would use the early samplers, they just put like a you know cigarette butt on the, one of the black keys, so it just doesn't come back. You know what I mean? So you, if you've got a loop on that key, you just put a cigarette butt in there and then leave it looping while you play some other shit. <laughs> just trying to think, there People was a there the was struggle. a plectrum. You can put a plectrum uh, between, so you the keys go down. So if they go like that, you put a plectrum in between the space, so it keeps. You put a plectrum yeah. in this bit here, so it keeps. Novation, are you listening to this? Yeah, should come mm -hmm. with a plectrum. Well, anyway, this is all. This is all, anyway. That's that's how. And I, I, you should definitely watch mm. uh, Gaz's video. It's a you know, there's a well lot done, of stuff guys. there. Lots of stuff there. So, oh, uh, awesome, well, yeah. we gosh, we're getting kind of close. I'm wondering whether or not uh, the glide, the glide, the glide. You want to do the glide? All right, let's yeah. do the glide. Uh, let's Please. do the glide. Here we go. So this is the new glide by a chap. Brilliant name. Uh, what's his name? He's called. Uh, Keith Groover. I'll, I guess I could talk over it. This uh, basically com comes in two parts. Got uh, six accelerometers between the two hand things, and five buttons and a joystick, and that all kind of gives you the articulations. It's a MIDI controller. Guess it works over Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah. Not entirely sure. Bluetooth. Actually. Bluetooth. Bluetooth. And I suspect he's the only person in the world who can play it that well, but. He plays it well, though, doesn't he? Pretty good guitarist as well, as it comes down yeah. to it. I mean, we all know how the song goes, so that's it. I mean, I don't know what... He was mm. obviously controlling something via MIDI there, but the, the, it's an mm. interesting concept. And, it, you know, this is... this is uh, He's taking pre-orders, and the idea is it's got three buttons which give you all... I don't think it's quite the same as trumpet fingering, but I guess if you knew how to play the trumpet, you'd probably stand yeah. a better chance of being better at, you know articulate on it but it's only going to be like 100 150 bucks you know which seems to like yeah, wow. it looked to me like it was possibly 3d printed and stuff which i, I like that i like the idea of that kind of cottage industry and sort of snap mm. together concept but Gaz, i know you were keen on this so you should perhaps go first on this well yeah i mean partly that's the thing it is it is affordable i mean a hundred dollars uh and you know obviously uh it's very much like the wee nunchuck controller isn't it you know um so i don't know if it was inspired by that uh and Just write some it, pictures while you're talking there yeah no yes yeah. so yes yeah, so you can see this little joystick uh, on the top there and what you can do with that the joystick then is, is quite clever basically so um like when you play the keys you play a scale so it's like diatonic it'll be like like you're uh, you'll you'll move up like say the major scale but then pushing the joystick left or right just allows you to get to the flats or sharp notes as well uh but then cleverly if you pull it in another direction and do it it you can then um move it up and down diatonically so it'll stay in the key um and he demonstrates it quite yeah, well it's a great, the, there is a great the, video of that video, I, yeah the only thing about oh. for me is it it's just such a massively unfamiliar way of playing notes whereas that part yeah. you know the expression yeah. looks great but it's yeah. almost like you need somebody else playing the notes and you just doing mm. the expression but i'm not so sure i think i think though i think you will get that i mean i remember playing around with um oh gosh what's it called there's an app on on the ipad uh i'll think about it in a moment uh where you just rest your fingers on certain notes and then you can it's a quite a similar similar principle where you you use combination of fingers and you can then with your thumb just choose to go up mm. or down a semitone and as i was playing around with that i was thinking that this is actually a very cool way it, i mean yes it trumpet players um will mm. be able to relate to it for sure um with the left hand you know you can kind of flick up and down between the octaves uh, as well as um applying vibrato and that sort of thing but i think where i thought that this was quite interesting partly because it's cheap i think that's you know it's it's uh, it's it's cheap enough to not be too um well, you know, it's not a big investment, is it, to try it out? But actually, think um, I've been trying to play learn uh, theremin for the past few years, and it's it looks like you can get a lot of the cool because they call it the glide because yeah, it's very thereminy in a way, isn't yeah, it? But but yeah. with quantization. Mm. Uh, and I, yeah, I, he explains on the video how you do it, but you can make these really lovely smooth glissando moves between the notes. Um, and 
and with all that expressivity as well. I I think this is really cool. I I'm, I'm I really want to get one. So yes. So <laughs> so you're the guy that's aimed at, I guess. I don't know, Jamie. I'm, I don't know whether <laughs> yeah. or not you know because I mean you know your background is translating you know that the. the the, the instinctive movements, you know, your voice instinctively into music, you know, mm. looping and all the stuff yeah. you've done in the past, I mean, which is a very direct thing. I mean, do, does learning the uh, something new instrumentally, does that appeal uh, these days? I mean, it's quite a challenge, isn't it, to be able to play articulately enough to get your ideas across? I mean, I just see this product through the eyes of my three-year-old, really. He's almost right. three. Uh, you know, that could be fun. It's, it's nice to be able to touch sound and, and yeah, playing for him, that could just be really fun. I think, it, you know, if they, if they look more like maracas, I might be more interested. <laughs> okay. Like if there was just two maracas, I'd be, I'd be down. Yeah. I like in a way, I just, I, I spoke, I gave a talk at MTSU and in, in outside just, in, you know, near Nashville to a bunch of students. And I was just thinking about all these alternate controllers and why on stage they always look a bit naff in a way. Yeah. It's sort of like, because I think humans just can't relate to what you're doing fundamentally. If you go on stage with two pieces of wood in your hands, every human being knows as essentially a glorified ape what you're going to do with that wood or how much skill it takes to do things with two pieces of wood. Whereas when you've got two things in your hand whose function we don't know, you automatically look at someone doing it as an ape and go, I don't know how much skill is involved there or whether I should be impressed. So there's this fundamental disconnect versus someone (laughs) coming on stage and taking a risk that we all know and can relate to and quantify, essentially. So always with these things, you don't quite know what anyone is doing. And I think it's quite hard to sort of relate to that and go, wow, what great skill. I appreciate that or I want to do that or whatever it might be. So I just always find it's a little bit tricky to know I don't know. I, yeah. I, I kind of, again, I, I want things to be simpler. If it was digital clave or <laughs> literally a pair of digi maracas, I've been finding it hard. Re- recently, I've been realized with beatbox, for example, the thing I find hard to translate into something functional when I convert it to MIDI is the movement of the hi-hat, is the movement of the shaker part, because those miniature parts of the groove are the things that are so great as a human to express and really hard when you quantize them and put them into samples they lose all of that humanity so if this was a way i'm thinking for drummers this would be kind of sweet yeah get rid of the wire between the two pieces and somehow use it to drum on real drums as you know but then no one would know what you were doing but that that's beside Mm. the point i don't know it's cool i mean i love that people innovate brilliant i just i just yeah i don't know I get, I do, yeah, I, I get your feeling. It's yeah. all, it does feel a bit like, well, what would be the yeah. point in investing that much time in this? I guess you yeah. probably have similar sentiments there, Robbie. Well, well, as, as a grade eight trumpeter, uh, perhaps my grade eight trumpet oh, training wow, will really? now will now will now come into its own full force. Um, yeah. but, uh, all, all joke, all joking aside, um, uh, I kind of feel a little bit like Jamie. Although I've invested a lot of time with the Roly Seaboard and. I've done a lot oh, wow. of great stuff in the studio, but I don't think I will ever take it out live because it just looks like a big black slab of nothing. And like Jamie says, no one will appreciate it. You won't be able to see on stage what you're doing. But I think the only time where I really where I really get excited is when I see like Imogen Heap with her gloves, you know, literally just right. making sound, plucking sound out of the air. But I find that exciting because I understand the immense amount of intellectual... Yeah planning and the team of people who've been brought in to do this whole thing and make this language for her and for people i've watched her i've shown it to people who aren't like that and they've gone oh they just they just have can't fathom what what a great feat it is whereas i think like jamie says something like this may be fun to kind of get a bit of expression in studio but i don't ultimately want to look like someone waving in planes on the runway on stage, <laughs> kind of what you look like with this. So, I, I don't know. Combined with a jumpsuit, I reckon it could work. Me and Gaz are going to get, and we're going to start up a, like a sort of a new, a new modern brass orchestra. Yeah. I reckon you could. I reckon you could like. I reckon it'd be really cool to have like a boxing, you know, to box with them and play tunes while simultaneously fighting someone else. I think that, that <laughs> music might be battle. Quite interesting. I yeah. suspect that might be. What a, sounds would sl- there be on them? 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Like kick drums and, uh, you know, massive impacts. <laughs> but, but I mean, but frying ben, pan, ben, cartoon frying <laughs> pan across the head. Yeah. Sort of bung. yeah <laughs> but, but bear this in mind with that, though. I mean, because it's Bluetooth MIDI, you know, you could have it connected to your phone, have your, you know, um, or iPad or something. or And you've got an incredibly portable, you know, those things are just pop in your pocket and... I don't know. I, it's really, really mobile as well. So, hmm. I, yeah, but I, it's, in, it's, re, it's really interesting what you say, Jamie, about that is, you know, that the, the audience don't get what's going on. And mm. I think that's that's why you know, grand, grand gestures, yeah, but grand gestures were like, you know, projecting um, um, image mapping on interesting shapes and all the clever video stuff. We can all, there's a spectacle. We go, wow, you know, we don't really? care how it's done. We could just go, that's, that's really true. clever and looks great. Okay, we're you not know, apes. We understand, but we no, but we understand. You know, somebody stepping up to the front of the stage yeah. and playing a guitar, pu pulling out a guitar solo. We get that. We it's a language we're all familiar with, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, or a guitar, or you know, God forbid, even a roly. You know, strap it on. Do do one of those things that the, uh, the those brothers do, which are brilliant. And that that's that kind of works. I forgot the name of them now. I feel the very Parisi brothers, about, aren't they? The, the Parisi brothers. Yeah, I mean that translates, yeah. even though that's new. But they're probably again the only people in the world who can play that well with that stuff you know so you're mm. seeing you know the best there is i suppose you know in that niche because nobody else really knows how to play that well i know you know you probably put a lot yeah. of time into stuff but you probably couldn't do that or wouldn't maybe choose to but you know it's it's like it's like it's like a very famous musician said to me once when we're talking about records he said robert you've got to understand that if you ask the average person what what are you listening to on this record? Are you listening to a snare drum or a bass guitar? They probably wouldn't even be able to differentiate. They wouldn't even have the language to really understand how to extrapolate simple things like that. They just know whether they like it or they don't, whether they want to dance to it or they don't, or whether they cry to it or they don't. So on stage, expecting the public to understand incredibly exotic ways of like generating musical sound is quite a stretch, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. Well, it's funny because we, when we went in Sheffield, we saw uh, two acts. We saw the the uh, Will Gregory's Merg Orchestra, which was absolutely Fantastic. brilliant. I mean, really, yeah. really good. Uh, and then we saw uh, I forgot the the the, the uh, um, Tesla Coil, which was I mean, the music was great. The Tesla Coil, but but once you'd sort of seen the a couple of bars of the Sparks doing their thing, there wasn't really all that much. You know, the spectacle of that was quite good and the lighting was great, but, it, you know, once you'd seen it and heard it doing its thing, it wasn't really, didn't have much nuance or that stuff to offer. It's oh, sort I of thought thing. it did. I yeah, loved I it. Know. Yeah, <laughs> you, 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 went, you went off to the side. I was like, kind of like... Yeah, but that was the lights. I oh, saw, right, okay. I, I spent enough. To, anyway, but, but yeah, I take your point. Um, <laughs> Gosh, we seem to have like almost reached five o'clock already. I can't believe how that happened. Um, sure. we, yeah. Was there anything else we were going to talk about? I suppose, was there anything in the topics that anybody wanted to slip in quickly or has, uh, uh, have we creamed the best from the crop, as it were? <laughs> yeah, that. well, there's my answer right away there. So, uh, well, before we go, but if you want to find out about that, uh, The Glide, uh, you go to theglide.cc. That's uh, where you can find out about it. You can pre-order it. He's, he's just he's asking for a hundred bucks up front. It's going to be between a hundred and hundred and fifty, so it might cost another fit. But which seems quite reasonable on a punt, you know. If that's the sort of thing, particularly mm. if you kind of you know have a more inquisitive mind than perhaps I do. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, definitely and worth sort of competing against that ring, wasn't it? Like a ring. Yeah, but it was oh, yeah. more for control, wasn't it, than uh, than playing the notes, I suppose. Because you're playing the you would play oh. the notes with one hand and the ring would do the other stuff. So This has got that, sounds built in as well, hasn't it? That's safe worth saying. It's got its own yeah. output. It's got has it? Okay, output. right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind ah, of immediate. Right. It could be quite, I was, quite I was, immediately. Right. Yeah. I think what a weird world it would be if it was called brown tooth instead of Bluetooth. <laughs> Ooh. You know I mean? uh, yeah, well, it'd be quite so appealing, wouldn't it? <laughs> meetings like, what colour are we going for? Green, brown, cyan? You know, they well, that's, up on no, that's an interesting fact, actually. The, d d what, what what designates the colour? That is a trend. I don't know if anyone saw, there was a documentary recently on BBC uh, or what uh, UK channels about Hedda Gabler, who basically invented uh, the principles behind Wi-Fi and uh, uh, Bluetooth. Um Back in the day, you know, she was not only was she a massively famous uh, uh, Hollywood star, but she was a really smart 
uh, inventor, and she invented loads of stuff. And one of the things Hedy, that she Hedy invented, Lamar, yeah, Hedy Lamar. Sorry, I do beg your pardon, Hedy Lamar. Yeah. Uh, it was brilliant, and so she invented the concept of uh, constantly changing uh, frequencies that would match each other at mm. either end, so you could encrypt end-to-end stuff. And that's her. Amazing. That's her thing. Wow. Just one of those uh, rare facts for you, for you folks. Not really no, relevant, I suppose. Have you heard of? Uh, have, you heard of brown, uh, have you heard of Brown Ray? So, if you want to listen to the Brown Note on your on your on your Blu-ray player, you get the Brown Ray disc, and then uh, and it can go the frequencies down to sort of. Uh, <laughs> no, just, I haven't. Nick, sorry, I'm just getting worrying images now. Seeing Gaz at a br- party in Bristol with a pair of mini rigs strapped on like a like a Madonna-style bra and whipping out his glide to kind of do Ooh. an impromptu performance. Do you I'm know what? Fi- I like that idea. <laughs> I'm having a mix now having to battle whether it's going to be called, this episode's going to be called Brown Ray or Flacido Dominguez or whatever it's going to be called. Flacido Domingo. Flacido Domingo. Yeah. That's a good one. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Uh, oh yeah, but um, I'm speaking of the co- uh, the uh, all the controller side of things. Obviously, uh, we did. Uh, I played it in the intro, Gaz. The uh, um, before the show started, the uh, okay. our little jam that we did on the old. Um, I think it's on on. This is all. This was all done from the oh, cool. um, uh, Omnispheres because uh, we did a piece on the Omnisphere 2.5 hardware control. You brought your sledge. I've got a mini log, a sub 37, and a Prophet X. None of which are making any sound. It's all done. It's all done via. And it was good fun. I think yeah. it sounds quite good. How actually. is that? that? Yeah. Like that in is it good? It's really good. It's a it's a new way of yeah. looking at your stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I'll, that'll, be, that'll be coming out soon. Three other day. <laughs> That'll be coming out soon. Like, I'm but so yeah. late to the party. Crazy. Have you got a keyboard that it supports the yeah, hardware? Yeah, but, you know, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't use it, so oh, you know, I can't, yeah. I've got room I for got it. Obviously. Well, <laughs> no, I have to say, it, I was but... I, I did a lot of stuff on the mini log with it, and the mini log's really good because. Um, yeah. You get all that control, and the thing about it is, quite often the sound that's coming out of Omnisphere certainly. I mean, while it has a, an Omnisphere gloss, so a similarity to it, it sounds kind of quite a lot deeper and wider than the originals. So it's quite fun yeah. in that way. So it's you know, but anyway, yeah. I won't go on yeah. about it too much. But yeah, I guess that's that's kind of it, really, isn't it? I, that, that feels like it's probably a time to end. So thank you everybody for joining us. Lovely to see you again, Robbie and Jamie. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Are you nice. you busy? You're back from LA now. You're working on the Howard Jones album. So are you kind of in a darkened room working on synths. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm not quite. We haven't got any touring lined up. We've got loads lined up for next year. So we think we're going to be touring with uh, some really cool. We're kind of going to be going out as an electronic duo. I think me and Howard. With ah. a couple of other artists, up and coming artists, so that's going to be fun. But um, yeah, just here till Christmas now, working on this and various other bits and bobs. Great. Well, lovely to have you. And uh, Jamie, I yeah. know you're. Are you sticking around in LA, or are you moving back to? Have you got plans? I don't know how long. How long you've been there? Is that a month or so? I've got various tasks on the whiteboard, um, most of them relating to eating. <laughs> I'm just trying um, to see if yeah, I can I'm read here them. To- <laughs> no, this is this is definitely not my whiteboard. In uh, I'm yeah, I haven't actually got as much on. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. I haven't got that much on session-wise. There's a couple of bits, but I'm um, I'm kind of over here, kind of winging it. I'm going to be working with my my pal Dave Stewart's daughter, Kaya Stewart. We've been doing a lot of music, and so I'm going to be working with her tonight. She's go. I'm interviewing Spike Stent, hopefully Chris Lord Algae, oh, and um, a few nice. other people for the pod. And uh, nice. oh, including JMJ. Do you guys know JMJ? What Jean Michel Jarre from, from the <laughs> no, Justin Ah Medal Johnson. Ah, yeah, okay. uh, and, oh, anyway, various, I love him. Various cool folks for the pod. Yeah. So I mean, uh, it's interesting, and I'm going to be working with uh, Haxton Cloak at his studio, and generally um, messing about. So uh, yeah, it's really good. Oh, I've been making on, sounds man. and just yeah, just yeah, yeah, plenty on and hopefully loads of food because that's the most important thing. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. one of the most important things. That's for sure. So don't, don't drink plenty of water. Um, Gaz, thank oh, you very much for joining oh, us. And uh, of course, if you haven't seen uh, the SL uh, Mark III, um, we've got a video up now. It's a, just mm-hmm. a corker. It's like thirty-five minutes, you know. But we go oh, yeah. through pretty much everything. It's not. It's not dull. I must say, it's fact yeah. after fact. Yeah, we were trying to keep we were trying to keep it shorter, but there was just too much stuff to put in, wasn't there? Um, there certainly was. But also, there's a whole bunch of 
uh, synth fest videos coming up as well i think yeah uh, got still, a load of that to come and so yeah and um thanks to everybody it was really nice to me at Synthfest. it was a really enjoyable time yet again and uh, really great to see something about Synthfest as well it just seemed to be a lot a lot more younger people there as well and quite a few girls as well which was cool was to see there so, girls there. yeah there, were, there was actually there were, yeah, yeah there, there was were, so you know good you know definitely more you know, more females more than welcome to come and join us in the synth nerd nerdosphere. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I should point out I'm actually wearing the. Uh, this is, I got a goodie bag from a guy called Steve Holmes who does uh, the really nice synth T-shirt designs and all that okay. kind of stuff. If you want to check his stuff right. out, shop Steve Holmes S T H O L M E S. It's actually Studio. Uh So if you just look for Steve mm. Holmes, you should be able to find his stuff. He's got a load, of, and uh, yeah, I like that. And uh, we did a great interview with Ian Body, which is up online as well. And there's a new release out on Tone Science, uh, his Tone Science uh, sub-label. So, yeah, plenty of stuff still to come on Sonic. The Finley, uh, the the Future Sound Systems little synthesizer video is up. And that's that's well worth a mention, though, because that's 99 quid for an analog complete analog synthesizer i mean just like a kind kit of yeah it's a kit kit it's a kit but it does sound really good for a very dirty grainy kind of nasty thing but 99 quid bargain really cool right okay we better go thanks everybody uh, been lovely to have you from all over the world wherever you are have a great week and we'll see you next time take Very care much, bye go up.